Hey guys, I'm Nikhil. Hey guys, I'm Francisco. And uh, welcome back to another episode uh, of Anime Hub. This time we're going to be talking about Drifters, like we discussed at the end of our Fate episode. Uh, if you haven't already watched that, please give that a listen. It was uh, it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, all right. Um, before Drifters, Nikhil needed some some rundown because there's a couple of things that he does not do when it comes to medium. Or medium. Yeah. Um, there is, yeah. there is specific stuff that happened in Drifters, um, uh, specifically episode 5, minutes 22, I basically skipped 21, minute 21 to minute 23, I skipped those two minutes, um, those two minutes have, um, not family friendly scenes, and that's the best way to put it, um, yeah, I mean, the act, the scene itself was like, less then 10 seconds, but Nikhil just on the, to be on the safe side, just skip the the entire portion of that. Yeah, and that's section. that's something, I guess we should reiterate this before we really start the po- uh, podcast, but that is something I'm not super comfortable with, and that is something I personally refuse to watch, and um, it's a big reason why I don't watch shows like Berserk, um, even though I know objectively it's a fantastic manga, and um, it's a pretty good. It's an okay anime. I've heard very bad things about oh, the animation. It's not an okay anime. I mean, but, um, the nineteen ninety ones, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I I never really dabbled into it. If I were to ever consume it, it'd be through manga. Um, but that's I would. Correct. I personally, um, yeah, that's just something I don't really fuck with. And sorry for the language, but it's just something I don't really like resonate with. And Something that I personally just refuse to watch over any sort of uh, medium of television. Because I think television should be consumed by things that you want to watch versus things that you're like being made to watch. And that's that's a really important distinction for me. And that's just a disclaimer before we start the show. But overall, I watched the rest of it. And uh, I actually just... I literally just finished the last episode just as we were... Uh, just as we were uh, starting this, actually, I think I like. Uh, I have to mention something, Nikhil. Did you finish the episode twelve? Was it? Yeah, I have like literally three minutes left in the episode, but I can watch that like after this. It's not that bad. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, it's not that bad. Three deal. minutes, I think, is just saying that there's gonna be more. Yeah. There also, three episodes released pretty much in OVA format that I never got around to watching. Oh yeah, I actually. I, I saw about the OVAs. I never I yeah. I didn't really want to watch it just because I after this I was gonna watch My Life as a Villainous catch up with that. Um, but oh, dude, I, love that show. I might get around to doing that. Anyway, I haven't seen it, but I don't think there's an official whatever. So I it's no easy way for me to see it besides you know pirating it. That's not something I like doing. Um, it's on Crunchyroll. So. The, the other three episodes are not... Oh, the OVA. No. Uh, yeah. I They might be on Funimation. I remember we were looking <laughs> at Funimation, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, we watched it through Hulu. It's um, available through Hulu. Here, if anyone's curious. Yeah, we watched it through Hulu. It's licensed um, by Funimation... But on Funimation, they have extras or something. Like, we couldn't... It's super so weird. Strange. Yeah, it's super weird. Even on, like, Hulu, they have, like, the Funimation opening, but then it's still saying yeah. buy Hulu. So it's, it's it just doesn't make sense. I don't know. I think that's dumb, whatever. personally, but it's whatever. Um, it's regardless, we can... Agreement. I mean, yeah. Definitely. It is what it is. Um, Anikyo, give them... Give, give everyone a rundown on what Drifter says and, like... Again, why we decided to go with Drifters after Faith. Okay, so Drifters is a really, really... It's like... Drifters, to me, is like a reverse Fate, which I think is really cool. And that was like kind of my perception about it. Um, so in Drifters, you have people who come... And these are actual people who come to uh, this world, this, this other world, where it's essentially ruled by the Ort Empire. The Ort Empire is founded by Hitler... Or a Hitler-esque character, but not really Hitler because there's a lot of parallels, which I will definitely touch upon later. That's something I noticed and I thought that was really cool. Um, these drifters don't really have any special powers per se, but it's like the technology and what they bring to this world is really, really unique. 
and that's what makes him really special in this in this world of like uh, the Orth Empire and these like spellcasters and mages. For example, they don't really know how to like create like guns or bullets and stuff like that, and that's a really really important like this, like mechanism that was used throughout the show to show that like whoa you had something kind of cool where you can like make bullets and like to us it seems like an everyday object but to them it was like new it was cool it was different um and the show touches the violence is like crazy um but honestly like i think it fits in the show really well based on the characters themselves because a lot of them are based on like conquerors or people who are like nobles or people who like were like up there who like were warriors and um it, they're not like they're not magical and i think that's really i think that's a really cool parallel between drifters and fate because in fate you were dealing a lot with like magic and whatnot in this show there is magic and clearly there's a lot with a lot of different things but the magic isn't the core isn't like the sole focus of the show it's about like what the why the drifters are there in fact, in episode 11, they highlight this when they're like, when I think he was going over the the weird, crazy dude. I don't know what his name is. Um, he was going uh, over. Which one? Yeah, I think so. Curious. But. Um, uh, which one? Which one? I can't. I, I mean. Oh, he has the makeup on. He has like all that makeup on. Um, oh, that guy. That guy yeah. Is, that guy's really, really knowledgeable on drifters themselves. Oh, yeah. But uh, like. Yeah. In that, I, I distinctly remember this because I, I just watched it. Um, in yeah. they were they were in a council room and like one of the guys was like, "There's no way we can predict what the drifters are doing." Like they could predict everything that was gonna happen, but they were like, "We cannot predict what the drifters are gonna do because they're the one random variable in this entire situation." So the, I think the drifters provide a really random esque like they don't deal with magic, they don't deal with any of that stuff, but they're like themselves from their current timelines and i think that's really cool but more so they bring like a very human element to a magical world which is the complete opposite bring, of fate well, that's 100 percent true i want to definitely focus on that they really do bring a human element from our universe into them and something that's unique about all the drifters is that you mentioned they're all people that are related to when war is happening within our universe and these people that are selected for example nobunaga oda which is exceptionally pivotal pivotal historical figure from japan who almost unified all of japan under him he was a really he was he's actually like i remember talking to you francisco about this pretty recently i told you like i don't think i have a favorite character in the show but honestly the more i watch it the more he becomes my favorite character just because like one his humor is great but more so he's just the definition of a leader and someone who like takes charge of what he wants and it's kind of it's really cool to see yeah the um the representation of this Nobunaga Oda is, I, I find it really interesting because of how how different, I've never really seen much of Nobunaga Oda up until this. I know I knew of him, I know of how important he is to Japan, but seeing how the, the author decided to depict him as, some, as a warlord pretty much, one of my favorite lines of him were, were like, if you take, um, people can live with their pride if you take their food away, and if you take their pride away, they can live with their food. Oh, like, that was an excellent. Food. That was in episode four. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I remember I I remember that scene because um the way like what he said was so cool and he was like going to the it was right before oh my god yeah I I know I know exactly what you're talking about. That's yeah, that, fantastic. Um, what was the drifters aren't like one hundred percent they are not good people they represent probably one of some of the worst aspects of humans and also some of the most the amazing ingenuity behind humans especially during a time of war they're brought into this place by these characters that we don't know much about but like obviously they're pawns and these upper figures and it's an isekai anime right they're, they're being transported to a different place you get the drifters and like their name the, the title that they get is so cool it's the idea of drifters i, I don't know something about that it's like they're not they're they're, they're just drifting yeah, they're but not. Like they're not of that place, or they're not of that origin. They're, yeah. they're they they're strangers to a foreign land or something. Definitely, yeah. That's actually the subtitle. I mean, the um, something that title. Um, so it follows three main characters, and they're, they're the the three characters are all historical figures from Japan. People from Japan probably have a better time with the show because obviously they know 
these characters because it's part of their history and in the author the main character or like the main guy is not uh, they follow three people right nobunaga ora which is the guy i can remember by name the main guy who's a samurai and then yoroichi yo yo yoichi something like that is a hunter and they're like from three different eras um the main guy came before nobunaga ora but nobunaga ora is 50 years old the main guy is like 30 years old and the and the youngest but also the oldest is 19 years old um what's really interesting is that the explanation that the author gives to bring these people into the universe is that right before they died or were presumed dead in, in like our history they were just taken into this um different land for example nobunaga ora supposedly he burned with like with his castle but in this universe in the universe of drifters he was running away from it and the next thing he knows he's in a hallway with random doors and so he gets taken away from our universe and placed into this one similar things happen to the guys it's always like they go into this hallway with a bunch of different doors the aesthetics of this show are also really really interesting and cool it comes from the same author that wrote helsing so if you're familiar with helsing which is about um a vampire named Alucard and not German Nazis coming back and starting World War Three. It's a kind of a wild time, but yeah, that's um, it's a prolific author. I also want to talk about the opposition of the Drifters, which are similar people. They're they're in the same situation, like we like we mentioned that there's two main opposite, two main forces that bring these people into this fantasy universe. One of them brings the drifters, and these people do not have magic. The other one brings the ants, which is a title that they're given to people. And these people do have magic. And they both represent different aspects of humanity. The drifters ended up, when they died, they felt no um, regret, pretty much, which is something that I feel the, everyone who is considered an ant feels. They all feel regret if they're an ant, which drives their magic or whatever. And they're super similar, but the deal with the Drifters is that they bring information with them, which is exceptionally powerful, especially because another aspect that Nobunaga Oda noticed was telecommunication devices, such as, um, do you remember that thing by any chance? Yeah, that was really cool when he was like, these people don't understand, don't understand the value of having something like this in the battlefield. Um, and yeah. when he was, they were freaking the goblins. Or the, sorry, the dwarves, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that was really cool. And I think it's just like that fact of this can be used for something more than they think it can be used for is really interesting. With the ends, it brings up a really good question of, like, do they ever think that far? Because I think the ends, like the way they died, right? Each of the ends died a very specific way. Like, in a matter that they were able to they like attained magic. They didn't like inherently have it in their pre in their in the other world in the previous life. So it's really interesting to see like whether they think that they can do like more advanced stuff. And I remember when uh, you got the dude with the plane who like shot the dragons down. <laughs> that guy is so cool. <laughs> He's an interesting guy. Um, he was uh, from over one, right? Yeah, and like, was, like the mm-hmm. and like everyone was surprised, and the ends were surprised. So like. Even if they come from the same era, it's really interesting to see, like, they don't really, they don't really know, um, if that makes sense. They're like, hmm. I don't know. There's like, definitely... There's... Like, what do you mean if they come from the same era? One of the, one of the characters, he's not quite an end, because he said, like, I want to do my own thing, but he knows totally. who yeah. the, he knows who the Huntsman dude is. Yeah, he knows Yuichi. Yeah. It's probably, I mean, people from... Japan probably know who Yuichi is because he's a very he's also super important in their history. Um, I think he's his brother. I think he's the Lord that Yuichi served under, under yeah. during his time. Yeah, that was my perspective, my perception yeah. as well. Um, Joan. Yeah, it was a Lord. Mm-hmm. Go on. Joan of yeah, I mean you also have like Joan of Arc, right? And like the whole Joan of Arc yeah. thing where she was like burned at the stake. Um, it it kind of begs the question like, I don't know. There's just like a few things. It, it, it's just interesting. It's just interesting to me. And, like, she was burned. It was, it's, it's really funny because she was prosecuted for being a witch, right, in, in the show. Yeah. And she ends up dying to fire. And then she becomes essentially 
Well, if you think about it, in my opinion, she became a witch. Or she became, like, a fire witch. Yeah. Which I thought was, like, really cool. Like, they kind of drew in their old lives, and they used their old lives to... They became, essentially, their old lives. Yeah, their, um, their powers definitely reflect something within their lives. Every end, usually, it feels like every end died and fell into depravity at the moment of their death, which is unique. I think one of the only ends that might not fit the bill, or rather, could... Um, you know the last guy in episode 12 you just saw, um... Toshiro? Toshiro Hijikata? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Captain of the Shinsengumi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy, um, he looks like... He's definitely a foil to the main samurai guy from Sekigahara. The fact that they both... Sh- it's, it's really interesting... The relationship. The author definitely looked into the history behind it. Um, Toshiro, the Toshiro knows who the family of the main lead is, and he has a grudge against them for some reason, not that I'm aware of. But it's really cool because Toshiro has a u- unique sense of code when it comes to being a samurai, and he has a sense of honor. But the main lead, the second Gahara guy, does whatever it takes to win. You know? Right. Yeah. One of the moments that really drove into the fact that he just does whatever it takes to win. Definitely in the beginning, when he took down that knife, and then he just repeatedly pulverized him with the sheath of his sword. I love that. You, like, right there, you were given so much description of the character itself. Like, that was so cool. Like, I don't think it was... It wasn't really cool, but more so it was very, like... To me, it was kind of insane that they did that just because there was so much information given right off the bat about that character yeah there's a lot of information definitely done throughout the actions of these people and how their actions within their timeline are definitely morally good yeah but if taken out of context and especially with us when we see them nowadays we're just looking at them like these guys are absolute monsters oh my god yeah i mean like they were yeah. that they were none of them are good people. Like it's really hard to root for like one person in the show. Is what I kind of yeah, it's difficult. I do very much. It's it's fun to just watch these three people, the dressers from the the three main leads, because effectively what Nobunaga Oda is trying to do is war domination in this new universe of theirs. Because they're not trying. To, they're, they're they're pawns, right? And and the two main figureheads. Yeah. Whatever, but we don't even know what their plans are. But the guy brings him over, and he's gambling on the fact that they're just this random variable. And effectively, they're going to go up against the ants because what they both desire, one of the group desires conquest, which is from Nobunaga Oda's group, from zero to just having everything on it. And it's amazing to see the progression throughout the story. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, that progression was pretty and, intense to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And the other thing that's super interesting is the is the relationship that they see between the elves and the dwarves and that, that racial tension that, that that's going on, which is 100% also happened because of of Hitler. You mentioned the Orsay Empire, right? Okay, so... Was, yeah, I think, I think you can follow this up. You wanted to talk about it. This is... Okay, this is something that I thought was really interesting because, like... The Hitler and the Orts Empire and the Hitler that we know are two very different people. Uh, they are different people. But, like, clearly the dude was Hitler to some extent. But he was not, like, Hitler in terms of idealism. And I think that's that's a really important distinction to note, at least from my perspective. Because I, I clearly remember this. In episode 5 or 6, um, they were talking about... They were talking about Hitler and that, that character of Hitler. And then they said... Okay, he's not really a bad... Like, what he wanted for the Oort Empire was for everyone to kind of live in harmony. And, like... To be unified. To yeah. be unified, exactly. But what happened was... Um, and this is this is, in, this is intrinsically human nature, by the way. I don't think that this is anyone's fault. I think that humans are just geared towards doing this. Um, pe- uh, the humans ended up taking over, over the demi-humans and the people that they saw subservient... And they were like, yeah, we're going to be the best now. You guys can become slaves. That's pretty much what happened. Um, so, and I again, the reason I say this is human nature is because history has literally repeated itself 
our history, like real life history, has kind of proven that this has been the case over and over and over again with slavery in America, slavery in Africa, slavery in Europe, uh, slavery in Asia. Um, it's just, it's just, it's, and this like the fact like racism. Racism is the number one example of this, and so it's 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 just human nature, honestly, at this point, and so. I don't like it's that's why I can't blame anyone, but I think the ideal that that Hitler and the Ort Empire proposed, no matter what would have happened, it would have led to that because of the way that he wanted things to be. I just like yeah. the way the structure was al- like already formed, and then you bring a bunch of humans into this, and you're like, all right, we're gonna give you power to change the world. You can't do that. Like that, they'll it's just that's just like that's just. That's just, you're just giving them fodder for chaos, essentially. Especially someone like Hitler who has a history of this thing. Oh yeah, but what 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 was even more interesting? And the reason I don't say he was actually Hitler, do you know the Jewish star? I I'm familiar with it. Yeah, the six point star, the um, David star. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was actually so every time we see a, like a scene of Hitler, like the Ord Empire Hitler, we see a scene of the Jewish star. Like we see a picture of the Jewish star somewhere in that like i don't know if you noticed this i thought it was really interesting like with within like a two minute gap like when they introduce the hitler we see a like a a glimpse of like the jewish star somewhere and that's the reason i say he's different i think because like one his ideals were different but two the jewish star definitely represents a lot more than like judaism right it was like a sense at least in our history it was um it was a sense of oppression and like there was a there was there's a lot that surrounds it it's a, it's a very it's a very very powerful symbol and the fact that he uses it he he uses it to represent the or empire it's kind of insane like um i i yeah, like definitely. my i'm really curious as to how like why that's the case and why like how he you can kind of relate that like the jewish star to the or empire in some way and how do they connect? And that was, like, a question I think I asked myself throughout the show. Like, how do these two things connect? And, like, in the Ort Empire, what did I notice that was similar to uh, maybe, like, Jewish struggles or, like, Judaism in general? Uh, I thought it was just interesting. Yeah. I think um, that's definitely a liberty from the author when it comes to the historical figure that is Hitler. And that might be stemmed off the... I, I know I, when I was younger, I used to hear this conspiracy theory or whatever that, that Hitler has uh, Jewish roots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You may be familiar with this. I, I, do, know, yeah. I know I've definitely heard about it. Yeah, and that it. might have been something that the author himself heard and probably weaved it into it just because it adds an extra layer of interest. Yeah, I that would be like, actually be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that we should probably mention is that this um, the Hitler thing, the fact that the Order Empire was made 50 years ago, the drifters are brought into this universe from different points of their life, effectively the end of their lives, but they're brought into this universe from different time, different time periods in our universe. And they're not all brought at the same time. Like you mentioned, the, the, the World War One flyer jet guy, what's his the, the airplane guy from World War One that appeared like yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah and then sh- continued to shoot down wyverns yeah. that guy was brought to World War One and he he was just brought later on the story they're they're brought into different points within the story depending on what the guy feels is necessary or we don't even know what he's thinking but um but Hitler was brought fifty years prior and he made the Order Empire for the for humanity I do feel that in principle. The fact that he continued to decide to oppress someone is consistent with his character. And him unifying humanity again is, well, I don't, I definitely don't personally, I feel like Hitler isn't someone who is tactically a genius. I, people can disagree with me. I'm sure historians can disagree with, with me. They definitely know more. But the, the, something else that's really interesting is that after Hitler the drifter Hitler unified the Order Empire, he killed himself again. Effectively, Hitler himself is just a joke character from how the author put it off. I know it's really funny when we learn who, who actually unified the Order Empire. And it's only 
it's only done from a portrait, and it's because there's the iconic mustache that he has. Yeah. If you remember. Yeah. I saw that, yeah. and I was like, no way. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a really funny moment. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Drifters is a definitely one of the more different isekais out there. Yeah, it's really unique in a lot of aspects. So we talked a lot about the story, but I think we should touch on the animation. Um, the animation, yeah, in my opinion, is probably one of the most unique animations I've seen in an anime this year. Because most anime are very, like, with the exception, okay, Monogatari doesn't count, but it's, it was, the the way it was animated, it was almost like, like, it, everything was very accentuated. Um, the eyes, like, whenever they widened their eyes, it was, like, really wide, like, everything was, like, really, like, boom, like, in your face. And the smiles. Uh, this is this is something we need to talk about. Yeah, that's the author. The author, that's definitely his style. The eyes and the smiles are very unique. And yes. Also, it also appears in his other work, Helsing. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a little frightening, but like it was weird because yeah. like he, the way they smiled, and then it was autumn like right after that you get that like really creepy dark smile from like Oda, for example. Then immediately it would turn into a joke. Like literally, that next line would be something really funny, and then like it would, it would like, they would like meme around. Um, I thought that was kind of. Yeah. I thought the way they paralleled that was pretty good because it wasn't like. Of course, the show is not horror. It's not supposed to be scary. It's supposed to be. It's not. It's not supposed to be lighthearted either. It's it's a very dark show, in a lot of aspects. But the way they played off their humor, it was dark humor, and I think they nailed that because they the humor fit in. In the, in the very dark, in, like, the darkest points of the show, a lot of the times. So you saw some, like, yeah. when it was, like, when it got really, really heavy for the viewer, the show, like, it almost felt like the show knew that it was really heavy, and was like, okay, we're gonna spoon-feed you some some funny stuff before we give you more heavy stuff. And I feel like that 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 pacing was really good. Um, I don't even know it was pacing. I think it was just, like, the way the show was set up. Where you have I like, I think that it's part of the theme that the author is trying to give off that human, like humans in general, are able to do some malicious things. But regardless of the situation, throughout most of it, they can find some kind of catharsis within within whatever they are. You know? Yeah, that was. And it's yeah. and it's accentuated from these characters who do some really crazy things. But then they can still like, in the end of the day, they can joke around. You know, like yeah. things can get pretty dark. But I mean, but yeah, I think, that's, but you can still have fun. Like, it's crazy. I think a big part of that was I remember when uh, they stormed the tower, and then after they find out what happened, what was happening to the uh, elvish girls, they bring all those people down, and they just point blank kill all of them, like just boom. Um, that was a yeah. really that was really dark, and like, I personally was very happy about that. <laughs> But, um, I mean, it's supposed to be, sure. but, um, I think, but then right after that, they made a joke, like literally right after that, they started making jokes. And then I think that was played really well, right? Because you got like a really dark, intense, really like gruesome moment, but then you got that like sense of, okay, that we can still be human. <laughs> like we're going to do some inhuman acts, but we can still be human. Um, yeah. so they played that off really well. Yeah, everything in the show is pretty morally great when it comes to these guys. Um, yeah. I, I, I love, I love the the main lead. Um, when they were when they were raiding the castle and they successfully got inside and they freed the 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 dwarves, right? But they were really freaking hungry. And the guy decides, you know what? We're let's put a pause on our siege to feed our boys. Yeah. And then we'll get back to it. And it was it. It was such an intimidating act because he goes up to the to the people who are still like holding off the last bit that they can right from the, yeah from the opposition side within their tower and he's eating he's like all right guys we're gonna eat but after we eat we're gonna go in there I and kill, kill you, you. <laughs> yeah so, so you should probably no, run now I thought it was hilarious it's super funny the main character is like. like Honestly, like, he's the most ideal warrior, if you think about it, right? Like, like I think um, in a lot of discussions I've had with um, uh, the main character in this show just feels like the most ideal warrior. And the reason I say that is because um, 
his values are just fantastic. Like, he's not really a bad person. Huh? For the battlefield, his values are just perfect. Yeah. He doesn't, like, he doesn't, like, unnecessarily kill people. Like, he's made that very clear. He's like, I'll just take the commander's head. You guys can run if you want. I don't care. I just want one person. Um, and then, like, he refuses to harm women and children. Like, he's the perfect warrior. It's really, it's really funny. Yeah, he's also someone who doesn't want power, which is, which was very apparent in the first episode, actually. Yeah, he was like, he stayed behind so that his uncle could go back. And if his uncle lives, that's considered a win for the entirety of their clan, you know? Yeah. So he is the perfect warrior. He was, because this sort of parallels what happens to Nobunaga Ora. Nobunaga Ora technically was transferred over here thinking that his son betrayed him, right? Yeah. But he sees this guy and he, from his actions, he knows that he would never betray someone that he considers his ally, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that makes it really unique. And uh, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think he's like a good main character. He has his flaws and they're very apparent, but he also has his pluses and they're also very apparent. He's a very likable character all in all. I just like... Yeah. Or like... He's likable for his values. I don't think... I still stand by the fact that every character in the show is, like, inherently not very likable because of their actions. But I think that out of all of them, he's the most just. And so he's easily the one people would be like... It makes sense he's the main character. People... people, He's very... He's he's that one character that's like, okay, all these guys are bad, but this one character, pretty good. So we'll take that. I, I respect that, honestly. Like, it's whatever. I, I get it. I, I think he's a great character. I think he's really well written, too. He's a too. respectable guy. And, like... Another... Mm-hmm. Go on. Oh, I just like how you don't really need to know a lot of his backstory to really like him. I think with a lot of characters, like, it involves them having a really flushed-out backstory, and they need to be this, you need that. This show is literally just about the Drifters being badasses. That's what this show is, in my opinion. I yeah. mean, like, that's a big feels- part of this show. It's like... He can, he can get away with it. If you're into a bunch of action movies, like in Western America action movies, I think you would enjoy Drifters a lot. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. I completely agree with that. If if you like action, um, action adventure, uh, if you like like old old kung fu films is a good example. If you like, um, yeah, there's a lot of like different ones. Um, but yeah, if you like if you like Western films in general. I love action Western films. I think Drifters is Yeah, perfect. it's not like... It's not like uh, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious is an amazing action action series overall. But the thing with uh, Fast and Furious is that people say... Uh, you can just turn off your brain, you know? But the benefit of Drifters is that you can still have your brain turned on. Because there's a lot of things in the background that are happening that you can... That does reward you if you if you pay attention to them. Yeah, a lot of the, so For example, nice. one of the biggest... One of the most interesting things about the Drifters or the Drifter series is that you can try and 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 trying to figure out who the ends are, like who they're supposed to be historically. You know, for yeah. example, the main antagonist. Um, it's pretty apparent. It, the, the, the the story isn't trying to hide who that person is. Like you can pretty much figure it out by episode two. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, how long did it take for you to figure out who who that person was? What the guy under the mask? Or the uh, the guy in the robe. The guy in the robe. Um, I think it took me. I didn't actually know who it was by episode two. Now that you mentioned uh, it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it took me a while. It actually took me a while. What the heck? Hmm? Yeah, it took me a long time. Yeah, the the hints are pretty pretty apparent. If you're looking out, you can actually tell who this person is. It's not trying to hide it. It's whatever. But it's, it's an interesting person for an antagonist, you know? Yeah, that's what you're saying. I think... It's like, the moral... <laughs> go on. No, no, you were saying keep going, keep going. I don't want to interrupt yeah. you. The, the morals for the antagonist, for the big... The, the, the number one end. Yeah. Effectively, he's, also, he's trying to unify every other... Everything that isn't human, you know? Right. And he's providing them with agriculture, and he's providing them with, with arithmetic, and he's teaching them these kind of things, and he's giving them these values that aren't short-term solutions, but they're long-term solutions. 
one of the things that was mentioned is like if you can create all of this food why don't you just give them this why are you teaching them agriculture and this end guy responds with there's going to be a point where i'm not gonna be alive and i need to teach them how it's like a what was that one paradox it's like you teach a man to fish and they can feed themselves for for days and years. Yeah, so you can, you can yeah, yeah, you can te- you can teach a man, you can uh, get a fish, or you can get a fish for a man or something, and like he won't be hungry for a day. But if you teach a man to fish, he'll never be hungry for I don't know, I, I don't I I forgot what it was, but yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, you got you got the gist. Of yeah. It. But yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. So it's it's also a really good um antagonist, and the fact that if you compare those values and you compare them to the drifters. The, the big bad and it's definitely I can definitely get behind his cause you know yeah I mean he, uh he was he's not like the it's it's really it's, it's he's not a bad person right because like at the end of the day I think within the first three episodes we kind of see how um the show treats or like the humans treat the people who are not humans and it's very obvious and it's very easy to capitalize on that that's what he did and it makes sense um any revolutionist um throughout history has capitalized on things that or on oppression um like it's it's like mlk gandhi nelson mandela they've led revolutions based on oppression and oppression oppression of people it's a, it's a powerful thing to get behind, man, and like it makes sense. Yeah, it's a it's very fitting. There's one more thing I want to mention about the main lead that I remember, um, which is why I would suggest the Japan the um Japanese dub, so English subtitles. Mm-hmm. Even though the English dub is actually pretty alright for what it is, mm-hmm. but there's this one scene that very is emphasized a lot more if it's Japanese. So when the guy comes to this universe for for the first time, oh, I know what scene and then you're he, talk about. do you remember the scene? Yeah, I know what scene you're gonna talk about, but keep going. Think, yeah, okay. In which case, yeah, um, you, you can say that. No, 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 no. Go, keep going, keep going. Alright. So effectively, he comes right, but because he only knows Japanese, he doesn't understand what other people are saying. So when he starts fighting a guy, and he and he starts beating him down, he's like. If you can't speak Japanese, just die. Just die. I love just that die. scene so much. <laughs> Which is, like, really funny, but also really xenophobic. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Dude, I, I remember, oh my god, that, that was one of my favorite scenes. But as soon as I saw that, I was, I, I was laughing. I was, like, I was laughing. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was so good. And, dude, it makes sense, though, right? When you think about it. Just because, like... He's a character that's grew, grown up, like, he was born and raised in Japan. He knows no other place in the world that, like, like he only knows Japan. So, like, you hear other people speaking different languages, and he's like, what the hell? Like, this should not exist. Um, <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah, I get it, man. <laughs> I get it. Personally, I was like, yeah, I get it, man. Like, you do you. We booing out here. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was definitely funny. There's a lot of good points in this in this series that are really entertaining. Um, it's a shame that no new season has come out. It's released on 2016. That was a while back. Um, I, I saw think, some yeah. news that it was supposed to come out in 2021. The next season. Uh, I mean, I would, I would, I would be happy if it comes out 2021. Honestly, with the whole Corona thing, though, if they were in production, it might have got gotten pushed. I'm hoping not. Um, I'm hoping we still get like a soon release date. We nothing has been confirmed about the second season, so we'll see. But um, yeah, yeah, it's all up in the air. So something I really want to touch upon, by the way, before we start wrapping up, is um, the whole parallel between the guy who's in the desk and the girl who's the devil. Um, yeah, those that was a really really cool parallel because like you see like. It's the whole angel and devil kind of like battle, which I think is really cool. But more so, if you, if I don't, if you, so this is uh, going back to your point, Francisco, when you said um, this show really rewards you if you pay attention, but you don't really have to. But if you do, it rewards you. A really, really cool part, like point um, that I noticed was the man 
in the desk, he was wearing, he had an American patch on his uh, jacket. Uh, he had the American flag on his jacket. I don't know how, like, I don't know what that means. I don't know if it's supposed to insinuate anything. But the fact that he did makes it very interesting to me. And um, the whole, like, way that his characters played off as um, is a 1980s, like, yeah, 1970s, 1980s bureaucrat in America. I I would say someone in New York, someone who is a high-profile person in New York. Like, that was, like, my perception. Like, you really saw that. Huh, he's what? He smokes, too, so that's... He does, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm getting, like, a... not Maybe not 70s, 80s. I'm getting more of, like, a 50s, 60s vibe from him. And, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. Like, obviously, that has to mean something. And I'm really curious as to what that means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's all I got. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I'm curious to see what that means. I think... What I got off him is... I feel like he's a drifter, too. But he's got in a weird position... He, I don't know. I don't know if he's a drifter with a name, right? I think he might just be a drifter from a specific time for the aesthetics that the author liked, and he wanted to give him this position. Well, this is just a this is like a random theory. Who knows if it's been answered in the manga? You know? Yeah, it but could. I it, got the vibe that he was a drifter. It could be that like he was a drifter, but this position was like kind of forced upon him, and he didn't want to take it originally. So he yeah. was like. So, like, this war, like, figuring out, like, making good prevail, essentially, and with the Drifter's help is his only way out. That could be a, uh, a thing. And I don't know. Uh, the devil is also really interesting in this show because she's not, well, she's not the devil, but, like, she she's, like, she's, like, a representation of that. The quote-unquote devil. Uh, she, yeah. she's, she's an interesting character because she's, like, we don't really know anything about her, but we know what she wants. And she brings the ends, right? And the guy on the desk brings the justice. Yeah, and those are their two main like functions. So yeah. you could parallel them to like both Yin and Yang and or Devil and Angel. Um, there's yeah. there's there's definitely that comparison. I'm really curious to see like more of who they are because I think they're. They'll, they're going to be really interesting characters that um, created this world. The question is how. Yeah, but maybe. Who knows? Um, we didn't really speak much about the other characters. Um, Kid Cassidy is in here. Uh, Billy the he Kid is. Remember? Billy the Kid. Um, uh, also the Roman dude. <laughs> I forgot his name. Scipio. I yeah, Scipio. Scipio. Uh, he's a, oh, he's a really, really, really famous character. Uh, yeah. He's a he's a cool dude. Um, he had some really interesting moments too because he's old and he looks like he's senile. There's some things that he provides. He's just it's he's really... OP though. He's like he's insanely OP. You remember that one scene? Oh my god! Like the scene that I was like, okay, this dude is like serious. Uh, when when the main character he like bum rushes him like down the line with the sword drawn, and then he like goes up to strike, and then CPO takes out a blade and just points at his eye. You you don't even yeah. see it. He just does it, and that moment, like the like entire thing, just freezes. That was so cool. Yeah, I loved that. Scene. It was the author is really respecting the position that Scipio has within our universe. Mm-hmm. He he's old, right? So people definitely look down on him. People around him are ages and whatnot. Yeah. And I think the author does a good job at representing how how impressive this man is, even though he might not seem impressive. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Because there's, there's moments where Scipio, because of how of his old age, he can't hold his pee in. Yeah. And he just pisses. Yeah. Right? And it's like everyone laughs at him, but we know who he is. Yeah. Not only that, but his arch rival, which I can't believe we don't know who this guy. To know who the... Okay, so Scipio was part... See, this is what we get for not being history majors, you know? Yeah. Um. He was He was Um. the guy that Scipio wanted to... Ah, oh, damn. I don't remember. I have to look it up. Um. But... Yeah, I know who you're referring to. I can look it up really quick if you want. Let me totally yeah, let's uh, look it up. Um, it was during the Roman period, obviously. Scipio was during then. Um, but this... I, I really like the relationship. Yeah, it, it's really it's really candid. It's like... um. They respect each other as generals, you know? But they're rivals, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. 
Uh, Rival generals. But they still respect each other. It's like, uh... There's definitely a good emotion that comes off of us knowing who Scipio is and how impressive he was. And then everyone around them just laughing at him. But his and rival is like the only moments. person who's like, yo, this dude's insane. And then you mentioned that Scipio has slight moments where you can actually see how threatening he is. Yeah, he has those moments where he's like, yes, I am a badass and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and it's really it's exceptionally rewarding because of the um, the juxtaposition between his between how he was acting before to how he is now. Nobunaga so Oda even, even acknowledged him when he was trying to figure out a way to turn the battle. Yeah. And then Scipio did this one random thing with grapes and he, he got them together and then he smashed them and which gave um, Nobunaga Oda an, an idea pretty much which turned the tide of the war yeah. was left to Nobunaga Oda wondering who is this guy because he, he he has wait is it, is it ideas. is it Hannibal? yeah it's Hannibal that's who he is yeah 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 he's a he's pretty insane also like Shout out to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Like, okay. So, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is my favorite Western movie I think I've ever watched. I'm not a big fan of the Western genre, but that movie, just just that movie alone, is really, like, really good. I personally love it. And I would recommend it to anyone who is really, who likes Western stuff. So, like, whenever, when, when they introduced Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, I was like, yes. Like, this is perfect. I don't know. I was really happy about it. Yeah, there's a lot of cool characters, man. If you're, if you're a history buff, you would enjoy Fates. You would also enjoy this. And if you're not, but you kind of like history, and you just want to see badass people fight, or just interact with each other, you can just give the show a watch. I, I very much like it. I think it's underrated, personally, which is why I wanted, um... Nikhil to watch it, and I'm glad Nikhil likes it to yeah. the point that he mentioned that you would you would even watch season two if it came out. No? Oh, 100. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, it it definitely like had me had me going. I only watched like two or three episodes a day, unfortunately, due to a really tight schedule last week. But um, I honestly, if I could have binged it, I would have binged it in one day easily. It's it's a really digestible show, like in some aspects, but. It's a show that'll definitely keep you going. Like, you're definitely going to want to see, like, what happens next, what happens next, what happens next. It's really fun. Um, the action component is great. It's – if you like action at all, um, if you liked Fate, if you liked, um, like, any action-type anime, any shonen-type anime, I think you'll like characters a lot. It's, like – it's just, like – this is, like – this is more, like – in shonen, like, the Fate – okay, my perspective is this. Fate is like the PG version of Drifters, and Drifters is like the R rate R. I would say the rated R version of Fate. Um, what do you think about it? Um, just cause like it gets a lot more serious. There's a lot more moments where it's 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 a lot more human, and there's a lot of aspects of where you can be like, whoa, this is taken right out of human history, and it is. But I think that's yeah. what makes a show so enjoyable, because it has those kind of aspects and like relatability to some extent. So, yeah, you, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, we've been mentioning all these good aspects of Drifters, but there's, like, one thing I really didn't like about it. Um, and it's, there's a portrayal of an LGBTQ member, and it's really stereotypical. I don't, I just, okay, so, like, we're going to get it off, right? It's a very fruity character. It's, like, 100%, like, not, not cis, right? They're not binary. And this character, while within the universe, very capable, right? It's not the I author mean, doesn't make them a complete joke character. If anything, owns one third of the Ord Empire. Right? Yeah, it's pretty pretty capable. Yeah, this this character is really capable. Like, without a doubt, they're not a joke. They know what they're talking about. They are an exceptionally pivotal player within the entire strategy that happens around it. And it's it's threatening, right? It's it's not someone that you can just toss aside. But I don't know if it's if it's a negative or not. But like the way that they portray their sexuality or like the implied sexuality is very like okay. I, I want to say fruity just because they're definitely colorful. But it was very stereotypically generic. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's an issue. But um, 
I personally didn't really have a problem with that because that wasn't the focus of the show and I try to pay attention to a lot of other stuff. Um, but I agree. And that's something that I think is an issue not only with this show, but in the anime community as a whole. Um, that's something that I think needs to hopefully be addressed in the future. Um, I think we see this a lot in shows that either have like asexual characters, AKA Lana Lustrous or, shows where like you have stuff like this and i think that it's important that we recognize them and that hopefully the anime industry in a way also recognizes them and makes the characters a lot more like like it doesn't matter maybe Um, having a sensitivity reader or something would have helped the author but who knows maybe maybe this isn't even a bad material i mean personally personally the only the only author i know that has done it very effectively is oda um Oda killed it, and honestly, with in that aspect, I think he made he made it really well. Like he, he is still like somewhat stereotypical, but like oh, with Bon Clay, right? Yeah, with Bon Clay, and Bon Clay is like uh, master and everything. Like there were some cool characters, man. They were really cool, yeah. and like the stuff they did, and like how powerful they were. Like you couldn't help but respect them, and it was kind of sick to see. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's that was actually another reason why I was having a difficult time. Maybe I was just seeing something that isn't there you know because Von Clay is also pretty flamboyant right yeah and definitely because of of their sexuality or whatever but maybe that's just that's just the character there you know they just want to be like that maybe maybe I'm just looking and there's absolutely nothing wrong with this yeah you know, I mean like even, it's not like the character within Drifters is is a, is a, is a joke you know yeah They're yeah also, exactly so who knows maybe maybe there's nothing there maybe i think it's just a stereotypical thing that happens in every anime it's really easy to skimp on um and you bring up a really good point that that's something that hopefully the anime industry as a whole recognizes and fixes in the future but um i think this anime he wasn't the focus um the focus was definitely on the other characters and the world building aspect and um the drifters and so it's really easy to just kind of skip that so it's definitely worth yeah. noting, if at all. And, uh, I think with that we can just wrap it up. And yeah. Talk about what we've been watching, you know. Yeah. Um. So that's that's all we have for this episode. Drifters overall, great anime. Uh, I think both me and Francisco can definitely recommend it to people if you're interested. Just be aware that there is a scene that is may not be comfortable for everyone, and I think that you should just be aware of that. Otherwise, great anime. Um. Very good very action-packed um there's a lot to it there's just like you can it's one of those anime that you can like kind of turn your brain off and watch or you can turn it on and it'll reward you even more for doing that and just having that kind of like parallel is really fun for any viewer because any type of viewer can now watch the show and that makes it very consumable for anyone um and that's great and i i personally think every show should have that so Great show overall. Um, we'll recommend it. I'm looking forward to the next season. And yeah, we'll wrap it up by with what we're watching or what we're going to watch and what's coming up for the future of this podcast. So, Francisco, you want to talk about what you're watching? Yeah, the, uh, I mean, uh, nothing much has changed since the last episode. I'm still watching everything that you're watching, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think you recommend the Kakushi Goto, for example. Oh, God. Oh, Kakushi Goto, oh, my God. Up. So good. <laughs> that that anime yeah. will always just be it's right here for me. It's so good. Oh, I love it. Yeah, very good father daughter relationship. Still, still as good. I think I haven't seen the episode for this week, so hopefully I can see it tomorrow or something. What but another you? anime. There's a second season within this. Um, I think we're still in spring 2020, right? Yeah. For the season. Okay, so in this season, a sentence of a bookworm got their season two, so it's Yo. currently airing. I, was, I love that anime. Okay, I was actually going to ask you if I should watch that or not, because I was looking at seasonal stuff, and I was like, oh my god, because I remember when Ascendance of the Bookworm came out, um, and I was thinking of watching it, but I never did. So I, I, I like I like it. Uh, one of the main themes, and it's a lot more prolific in season two, because this is an isekai, right? But mm-hmm. another thing is that, like like Drifters, something that's really unique about isekai is that some authors capitalize on is the information that the protagonist brings to the new universe mm-hmm. and how they can capitalize it. But this author goes a bit 
takes the takes capitalism and it's pretty much capitalism good dot anime. That's that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, that's pretty funny. That's a hot take. But it, yeah, I will. Uh, you'll, you'll see it because it's definitely about bringing intellectual property, like how to make a pizza, how to make shampoo. Um, how to make hairpins or whatever that still hasn't been developed in this universe, mm-hmm. and then selling the rights to it so that she can eventually get enough monetary goods to start publishing books. That's pretty funny. Or start making books because she's obsessed with literature and she wants to bring that good to the universe, but not not to mostly just for herself. She just wants to read stories. And to get that, she needs to get capital. Mm-hmm. And effectively, as she's getting this, she's providing these goods for, for the other civils, the other civilians in there. Yeah. And it's just it, her. She's a very. She's inherently selfish, but like her selfish man, selfishness is for the better good. You know. That's so effectively is showing you the better side of capitalism. <laughs> That's funny. I'll, I'll actually, I might take a look at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really lighthearted too. That's actually really nice. Um, definitely after May fifteenth, after school ends, I'll. I have like three weeks to kill, so I'll be watching quite a yeah. bit of shows then. Uh, let's see. Yeah, besides that one, I was also watching, which is probably what you mentioned in the episode because I suggested it to you, the Otome Isekai one, the villainous one of. Yeah, I was going to start watching that actually right after Drifters. I'm probably going to start watching it, I think, tomorrow. I'll probably watch the first episode. Yeah, I really like that, man. um, There's a genre within the manga industry that that hasn't made its way to the anime industry yet. Mm -hmm. But this is the first adaptation of that genre. Interesting. Which is when you get Isekai, which is a, a female lead, gets sent into the universe of a video game that she played and that video game is a dating sim pretty much you know so yeah, she gets sent be... there as one of the characters and she knows the history of that game because she played it that's funny oh wait <laughs> yo i might take a look yeah i like it it's underrated as well in this season i believe oh that's and the main lead is exceptionally likable as a person Okay. If um if Drifter shows like some of the more nastier sides of humanity, this person shows like what you can possibly be at 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 someone's best. Like they're effectively a saint, pretty much. Oh okay. Oh, I mean, I'll definitely yeah. watch it. I'm I intend to watch the first episode tomorrow, and I'll let you know how that goes. It should be interesting. So those are the two that I caught up with. Nice. This last two two weeks or so. Uh, what about you, man? Oh, let's see. I have been watching the same thing since last episode, pretty much. Um, the new episode of yesterday, not really feeling it. I will continue to watch this show um, I, to its end, because I'm the type of person that if I drop it, I'll drop it for good. So I'm very... Um, I should finish it. Uh, other than that, My Life as a Villainous, I will obviously start picking up. Um, after... Once school ends, I have a I have a huge list. I'm going to watch Gintama. That is probably the one I am the most excited about. It's a show that I've been putting off for the better part of a year now, and I am done putting it off. And so, pretty much the day school ends, when I intend to start like binging it hard. So I'm very excited for that. It's a lot of episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, all things considered, there's a lot that we can discuss within Gintama. There's so much, know. and uh, I'm looking forward to it, honestly. I think that's going to be an adventure. Um, I'm excited. I, yeah, I think Gintama will be really fun. Uh, I'm also watching The Clone Wars. I know it's not anime, but... That's good. I it's, mean, it's... it's so I cannot recommend this arc enough. I think it's beyond incredible. Uh, I... I Point blank refuse to spoil it, but please watch it. It's so good. It's so so good. Uh, the new season, of, uh, last se- last episode of Westworld actually came out today. I might I'm gonna be watching that here pretty soon. I'm gonna catch up. I have I didn't watch the last two episodes, but 
so far this show has been fantastic. They've been killing this last season. Um, Westworld is really dark, really really dark. It's not an anime either. Um, it's a it's a live action show dealing with um philosophy AI. So if you're into either of those or you like tech and philosophy, perfect show. It's really dark and it's like it really makes you question your life and. I think that's why for me it's one of the great like one of the best shows I think I've ever watched because it really makes you think like what is the purpose of my existence and any show that can do that um to me and this is like a personal thing um automatically makes it to like that S tier of like oh my god this show is insane so would recommend it I would always recommend it I think it's, it's I think it's a fantastic show it'll make you think it's it's not a show that you can 100% it's not a show they can just sit down and watch you you have to like sit down and pay for like completely full attention to it you have to give it like you have to give it what it deserves and that's like a lot um and you have to pay attention to the detail and there's a lot to like really think about but trust me it's worth it um other than that nothing much I mean just watching the same shows Looking forward to what's coming up next. Um, waiting for that new ha other half of Haikyuu. Oh, I didn't mention Ahiro no Sora last time. And I am still oh, watching that. Yeah, it's the basketball one. And like, a small disclaimer about this one. I get that sports anime are not everyone's like cup of tea. And I agree with that. Like, it's not super fun to watch a bunch of sports anime. The only reason I would say give Ahiro no Sora a try. And I'm... I'm not going to recommend it because the pacing is terrible. Like, point blank, it's terrible. But the animation is really, really good. And then the story actually uh, simulates real basketball extremely, like, extremely well. It's not like Kuroko's where, like, they're gods and they just yeah, boom, Kuroko's boom, boom. It's, they're just superheroes. Her. They're not really basketball players. But... A hero no Sora actually simulates real basketball extremely well. Like the pressure, like when you miss when you miss a basket, like what happens, what like goes through your head, and like like getting into that game feel, it's really good at that. And the pacing is not the best, and that's why I don't recommend it because it's really off putting, it's really slow. But the animation, OST, and the overall show is pretty good. The story is very fleshed out. It's very heartwarming. <laughs> It, it's 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 decent to watch. So, if you want to catch up on twenty six episodes, <laughs> you have time to like catch up. I how many episodes? It's twenty six episodes. I started watching it when it came out, so I've been watching it since like October. Um, so it's it's been a while. <laughs> but if you want to catch up, um, I go for it. It's it's not bad. I hopefully, it gets the entire adaption. You know, from yeah, source material. I hope so too. Um, I think they're doing it justice so far. It's just extremely slow, and I know a lot of viewers are complaining about that. Overall, uh, it's, yeah. it's not. Are you seeing something that's super subjective? So who knows? Maybe, maybe you you'd enjoy it or whatever, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's slower and it simulates real basketball really well. So if you like that, then you might like it. I personally <laughs> like it. I enjoy it because the characters are really fleshed out, and there's a lot of like emotional significance to each like why they're playing basketball, which I think is really cool. So, yeah, give it a try. If it's not for everyone. If you don't like it, drop it. If you want to continue it, continue it. Yeah, man. Uh, one of my friends, you mentioned Haikyuu. He recently started watching Haikyuu, <laughs> which is a really apt moment because um, he recently graduated with a mechanical engineering, but his heart has always been in playing soccer. Mm -hmm. And he made, it his, he made it an attempt, right, for, I think, six months that he would try getting in shape. And he would go to Spain and oh apply God. and hopefully get drafted into a club or something like that. Oh my God. That's, uh, that's really yeah, hard. It was, it was crazy. I was like, are you sure about this? He was like, yeah, for sure. But due to COVID-19, he decided that, you know what? I guess it's time for me to apply for jobs with my, with my engineering degree. Oh my God. We got we to gotta blame COVID for this one. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah, so he sadly had to let go of his dream or whatever. He's definitely gonna continue playing sports, right? But he has a he has a huge love for sports. And watching IQ, he was he he really enjoyed it. He caught up. He was really disappointed for the fact that 
he watched it and then he learns that there's a second core happening in a couple months from now. Yeah, the wait is brutal. Haikyuu definitely, yeah. like, I'm not gonna lie, like, makes me really pumped to play, like, sports. I'm a big Ultimate Frisbee player. I love Frisbee. I've actually been, start, I've started to uh, do conditioning for Frisbee myself. Um, and so, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, you put on the Haikyuu soundtrack and you're like, I feel like they just start getting in the zone, you know? It's crazy. And you're like, ah, and then you get all pumped up and you're like, ready to go. I don't know. Haikyuu's good, man. Haikyuu's good. Yeah, it's good. It's a good representation of all the positive aspects of sports and sportsmanship, what it means to be in a team. You know, oh, yeah. The weight and youth, youth overall. Use your body, understanding that you're an animal and sometimes your body needs to exercise. Yeah. Just do physical activity. If you it's like that, Run with the Wind, guys. fantastic anime for that. It's one of my favorite sports anime because it doesn't feel like a sports anime, but it deals with all the things you just said and more. So that's a, a jogging one or running one, right? Yeah, it's about running. Um, I love, I love that. Sh- oh my god, I love Run with the Wind. I, uh, I, I finished that show and then I just ended up like literally that day I ran three miles, like literally right after that. I just like yeah, got up and ran. Anime... It gets me there. Sports anime is definitely very positive. I think out of many anime, that's if you end up watching a sports anime, it could change your life. I know volleyball, for example, has risen up in numbers that people are participating over in not only Japan, but even in the West. Oh, yeah. That's not, that's not surprising, yeah. Yeah. I One of the sports anime, that, or quote-unquote anime, I ended up reading the manga that I read was Slam Dunk, which is considered one of the greatest... It's the, it's the greatest manga. basketball anime, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, something like that. It has, it, it's given the honor of having that title, the greatest yeah. sports manga anime. Yeah, it's really good. Slam Dunk's a classic, definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic. And I enjoyed reading it. It's also, I think, people, I like it, man. Uh, the ending, people had issues with it for being anticlimactic, but I feel like it was really interesting. Maybe one day you can read it and we can get into it. Mm-hmm. I can reread it. Yeah, I should but read it. I have a lot on my reading list right now. I have Black Clover. I want to catch up with Vinland Saga. And then I was going to read a few other stuff. I know. I have to watch, like, The New World. I have to watch... I have to watch Gintama. I have to watch... I, there's, I have so much on my play in terms of manga and anime right now. I have to still yeah, catch up with Attack on thing. Titan. Um, and then, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. And... Stay safe out there. We know that we're not in the greatest of times, but we're hoping that our podcast provides a little bit of comfort. And uh, you can use it as white noise, I don't know, when you're sleeping. <laughs> you can just, like, listen to us. We're chill. Yeah. <laughs> nice. See you, everyone. All bye right. Bye, guys.